Welcome to Fusion Talk with Anuk and Steve. Hi Steve, we are at episode 4 of our podcast. Episode 4, Fusion Talk, episode <laughs> 4. Yes, last time we talked about live demos. Live demos. Yeah, but what if they go completely wrong with the customer? Ah, but not the demo. No, the demo, but everything. Everything. Everything is screwed up. What do you do? I don't understand. But yeah, we'll catch on that. That's what this is about. Today we are going to talk about when do you restart? When do you go again? When do you throw it away? Everything. Yes. So we'll get on to that a little bit later. So that is pretty cool. So uh, we've got a few things happening Um if you want to hear us speaking together, we're speaking at Bremen in a few weeks' time. In Germany. Where are we going to speak about? We're going to speak about business and development, how you can streamline the process of what the business needs. More especially with Power Platform. Oh, yes. We're restricting it to the Power Platform. <laughs> And how you ensure that what you're delivering is actually what is aligned. We've got a great description of the session. So if uh, if you want to find out what we're doing, go to Colab Days Bremen and uh, and have a look what we are speaking about, which is be quite cool actually. It will be. It will be the first time we do a session together, but it will be great fun in public. Yes, <laughs> with real people, <laughs> or two of them probably. <laughs> so yeah, so that's going to be good fun in Bremen. Um, so yes, episode four is interesting. The the con the uh, concept of what we're trying to do still seems to be working. We have a number of ideas coming forward. We want to talk about how we actually get to the user experience, the UX, how we sort of make sure the business can use some of the ideas. But today, having had a real world example of uh, some work we were doing together kind of get stuck that i throw the away totally and start from scratch yes. again <laughs> i've got some news for you okay that is and look what have you done i've thrown it all away <laughs> what <laughs> yeah so we thought we'd uh, we'd just talk about that process and uh, how that fits into play i wonder how many people do it throwing their stuff away if it's not working and start from scratch again Yeah, I guess I don't do it very often. I have done it uh, on silly things like PowerPoint presentations when the concept's not working out right. Yeah, but I do think many people are just afraid to say, I screwed it up, I need to start from scratch again. Hashtag screwed up. I did a whole series of uh, podcasts and um, uh, blog posts on hashtag screwed up. And had a whole series of social media on it all. So, uh, yes, I am a big believer in fail to gain. Um, and it's a very agile kind of thing, you know. Uh, better to move it forward and fail and learn than not at yeah. all. But in this case, we're talking about the process and about actually cutting code and, and trying to fit it in. And we're talking in two respects, I guess. There's an individual developer. Yes. And we'll also touch on some of the agile stuff as well but i don't know i wonder how many people do that how often do you do it not that much but when it's really needed like the example we are using in this case i do it 
because there was no progress anymore. I didn't see any new results or anything else, and I was stuck. Okay. So is this because you're so perfect? Normally you don't have to, you don't fail. Is that what it is? <laughs> Everyone fails. Everyone fails. That is very true. And that's the nice thing because you learn from it. Yes. So what did you learn this time? Uh, to do another way of thinking. Yes. Take uh, take the box, think left, think right. Yes. You don't need to think out in the box, but go out and see what you can do and... Um, it's not because you know a lot of those things, you cannot combine things and you need to search out how they work together. Yeah, I think in this place you simplified it. So your first instinct was to, hey, let's do this en masse and do it all in one go. Yeah. And that was really a timing thing. We'll get into the problems with it a little bit later on. Well, no, actually, we may as well talk about that now. So we'll go through the process and where this fits in. But... um. What you actually had uh, is a scenario where we're, we're running some content from an external source. We have a connector in place running APIs, uh, then putting it into a SharePoint list and to manage metadata. Uh, and of course, there are tens of thousands of items in the original list. Yes, and the update process, when there was something changed in the data source and it needs to be updated in SharePoint, it was horrible. It was taking up to three days before it was updated. Yeah. And it should be updated every single day, once a day. Yeah. And also you were hitting the 5,000 limit in the views when you were trying to iterate some of yes. the uh, issues. So that's an, that was definitely a learning. It is. It was a nice learning. We find the solution that is working now. The, the customer was happy. We can give him some... Uh, he is what he asked for, and that's the most important thing. But yes, throw it, throw it away. In in this particular case, our scope didn't change. So we actually were able to deliver to the scope. But there are times, I guess, when you just cannot do what the customer wants. Yes. And And it's interesting that you try and hit and understand that. Yes, and if you can't deliver what the customer wants, you need to talk again and you need to go back to the previous process which we already discussed is go to brainstorm explain why you can't do it and see what other solution you can have together all right well let's 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 do that so one of the things that we're putting together and we'll talk about it in a in a future podcast is this concept of a design life cycle so we're kind of building that out thinking about where that's going um, and this design life cycle is obviously including the whole process from idea generation and ideation and brainstorming and everything else. So, um, yeah, so some of the steps we're going to talk about are part of that design life cycle. And we promise you we will eventually have the whole thing sorted out and licked. Yes, and we will make some nice diagrams of it that they can find on our socials. <laughs> yes, and we'll also do some nice podcasts about it and we'll put some presentations together about it as well. So I think it's always important to have some kind of structure when we're putting these things together. We've talked about structure within brainstorming, but brainstorming itself is a step in, in a design life cycle. So in, in essence, what we have is a business which has a need and a requirement. And so we've already talked about how we talk to get that business need out into a sort of technical need and requirement. So we have the brainstorm, we've covered that, we're done. So now we know what the scope is of the customer. All right, good. What do we do next? Um, after the brainstorm, we are going to see how we can get this in a solution. What we can do technical 
before starting to develop or anything else. Yeah, we're going to refine the solution, the technical solution. I mean, it, refine is an agile term, of course. So if you're in an agile, your team will get together, you'll have your own technical brainstorming and say, okay, guys, this is what the customer wants. In this particular case, the customer wanted, uh, I've got all of these records on my ERP system and I want to be able to bring some customer data from the ERP system into SharePoint so that I can use it to track everything within that customer in my collaboration platform, documents, lists, contacts, everything else. Yes, and not only into SharePoint, but also in the managed metadata that they can start tagging things about it. So yep. we need to go way farther than only uh, the development of the Power Automate flow, but also the PMP search web parts are in place in here. Correct. So we, we know what the bigger picture was of the requirements, but the first thing, the first stage was get that data from system A into SharePoint yes. Online. And that's that's the bit that we'd started working. And the idea is that you would get your team together. In this case, though, it was you. <laughs> but, you know, you, whatever, the refinement stage is either I sit down and I work out technically what I want to do, uh, or as a team, we sit there and talk about it and work yes. out there's different little stages that needs to be done. Everything has to be done in small iterations, whether you're doing it yourself or whether you're doing it as a team. Yes. The little sprints. Little sprints. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my little sprints, little <laughs> darlings. But that's what we did. We first said to the customer, okay, we can, we can, but we need to know if we are able to get the data out of the SAP system. If that's yep. not possible, it stops. Yep. So that's where we started with. And we managed to do that. Yes. We got data. We've got the data and we know how the structure was of the data. So then we start up with building the SharePoint list. Yep. And then the next step was in getting all the data from A to B. Which and we did. Which we did. And it took us about eight or ten hours or something silly. Something like that. But S that was with the amount of data. Yep. So you can't change anything So we about assumed it. that it would now take a lot quicker to do just the updates. We assumed. We assumed. I assumed, yes. Yes. <laughs> the development team, you, <laughs> assumed. And, and it makes sense. I mean, as we talked about it. We worked through what some of the things were. And we both assumed, okay, so if we assume 10% of them get changed or there's an extra four out of a day, then we know that we should be able to do it overnight. Because the idea is that you only have a window to do this kind of stuff when the business is not working. Yes. So we kind of arranged a window as part with the client that says, look, we're going to kick this thing off at... 11 o'clock at night and it should be done by 6 in the morning so we know that's what a full update was so it was a no-brainer that well, it, yeah it, for us it was a no-brainer until we have developed it and until the workflow was starting to kick off and it was oh it takes up to three days where yeah. did we mess this thing up and what did we do wrong and so, um we won't go, we'll go into the details at the end as to how we actually did fix it. But we spent an amount of time trying to, or you spent an amount of time, because all I could do is support you by saying, oh, it will work, don't worry, you can do this, you can do this. <laughs> and look, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, because I have no idea how you were doing it, what you were actually doing it. And of course, it's, a, it, it's an unknown uh, environment this is happening in. Yeah, you've got your... You've got stuff in the cloud, which is your Microsoft 365 SharePoint sites. You've got a server on-premise. You've got different networks in between the two. Yes, so uh, it's just trial and error most of the times. Yeah, of course it is. Run a bit of code, see what happens and everything else. And then it just went on and on 
and on. I kept getting messages saying, it's only been running for 12 hours now. 12 hours. We don't have 12 hours. <laughs> so. I know. I've kept you updated about the process. But yes, it was a learning. It just, uh, we stopped it at one point. We yeah, just we stopped the workflow. We get it offline. And we were. I was thinking about how to fix this. So getting all the data at once from inside system A and B and looping over them wasn't working. That no. was for sure. <laughs> but if you knew that, why did you not just change it immediately? Why did you spend two weeks sitting there trying to tweak it to make it work? Uh, because we need to have something to compare if the data was already in the SharePoint list, yes or no. Yeah. So we need to have the comparison between the two systems because we can't have the update table in the other system available. So we didn't know which one was updated or which one was new in the... So what you were trying ERP. to do was to find a way of, of sort of reading the data, doing a comparison, and then making a list of those things that needed updating and then running the update on only those items. Yes. So that was the logic. And that makes all the sense in the world. So you tried it and tried it and, and tried, tried it, it. <laughs> and it didn't kind of work. So one of the things that we were talking about earlier when we was putting this together was at what point do you decide enough is enough and who has to make that call? So from, an, from this, your case, it was you. So we'll come on to you making the call in a minute. But in an agile perspective or a project perspective, there's more than one person involved in the team. Yes, and I do think in agile or project, it's more the team that decides at some point in time you do provide updates in agile you have the sprint updates every two weeks or depending on what you decide to do and in there you can say hey guys i'm not making any progress i'm stuck at this what do we need to do and you start discussing it and brainstorm over it a little bit within your sprint team then and then you can decide from all right what you have go back to the scope see what they want and see if there is another approach Okay. Of course, within an agile perspective, you also have the fact you have that end of sprint point where you're supposed to go back to the customer and say, hey, we've done what we were planned to do. Of course, now you have to go and say, we have not done what we were planned to do. Mm -hmm. So there's a delay being brought into it. So from an agile perspective in that sprint, it's very, there are marks and points when you can say, okay, just a minute, this maybe we're doing something wrong here. The other thing is we've got a PM involved as well. So a PM could also turn and say, guys, you keep saying you're going to deliver this, but you're not going to deliver it. Yep. So eventually you get enough hints. And I think in a team it's easier to do. If you're it a stubborn development woman, <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking about here, that is tenacious, that kind of wants to make sure everything works, you just want to keep tweaking it, don't you? You just want to keep fixing it because you believe inside yourself that I can fix this. Yes, because um, you believe that the way you are working is the way of way to go. But there is a time that you are tweaking and tweaking and tweaking and you don't see any progress. You just need to stop and need to go back to the scope as well and say, all right, what do the customer want? I tried this approach. That's not working. What can I do? What's another approach? Okay. So... What actually happens, you, you develop a piece of code, you, you it's an error, so we hit the 5,000 limitation error to start off with, so that was something you worked on, that spent a little bit of time. Then we had the time problem. That was fixed. Yeah, that was fixed, <laughs> well done. Uh, all cool. Uh, and then you have the time error. So 
do you actually think about whether I go back to the point, okay, let's just go back to the version of code that had the 5,000 bit fix, for example, and then try and work on a different direction. In, but you made the choice this time, um, which you <laughs> sit there and go, oh, I fixed it, but actually I started again from scratch. And of course, I was thinking, oh, shit, that means we've got to redo all that code, we've got to redo this, we've got to redo the other. But you made that call and it didn't panic you or it did panic you? No, it didn't panic me because I knew it was the best solution we had for uh, fixing this issue at this moment in time. Because everything I did for tweaking and or changing made me go nuts because it didn't work. Made you go nuts? Yes. <laughs> well, how do you go nuts? You sit there and throw things across <laughs> the room. <laughs> you don't want to be there then. <laughs> Yeah, I can well imagine. I know what it's like when I'm trying to sort of do something. I mean, I don't do dev work, but when you're trying to kind of, uh, I don't know, get a search page set up, you know that because I keep coming to you saying, I've tried this and I can't get it to work. So I do get that frustration, but but coders are supposed to be purely logical and, you know, not emotional. Isn't that correct? It's all about the logic. Who've told you that? <laughs> Nobody did, but it's an assumption on my part. A it, wrong one, of it's course. Uh, most, yes, most of the time people assume uh, that coders are logical, but there is nothing logical about it sometimes. Okay. Um, when you are going in uh, ESP.NET code, there is, but because it's the power platform and you need to think about the limitations we had, there is nothing, there is logic that we need to implement, but there is nothing logical about how you do it. I mean, there I are thousands ways of doing something. Oh, I, I guess that. So, and that's what we're talking about. Of course, it's just that you're choosing one direction. You want to go into a different direction, which we'll get back to in a second. But so, is I hear people talking about low code, and I know what low code means, but I don't know what low code feels like. So, I know you drag and drop your workflow stuff on there. And I've tried it, thinking, hey, apparently a dumb bastard like me is able to do power automate workload. I'm not sure about that. So you drag them in. And then, of course, the real annoying thing, no, the real thing is in the detail within each of those blocks, isn't it? Yes. So that takes a different kind of approach than if you were actually coding. Yes, for me it does. Okay. It uh, is a different way of working, different way of thinking. Um if we do an API call in the power out uh, power platform, it's different than we than you need to write the entire API call in code. Okay. You have other things to consider about. If you do it in code, you have more options you can give for your API call than in the power platform. So the the power platform is providing that kind of, if you like, some kind of operational structure for the software to plug into. So you don't yes. need to worry about that framework. Wow, I learn something new every day, every day. <laughs> but that's the whole point of these podcasts, which is quite good. So then going back to this problem we're having, your your problem, the, the, the tweaking that you keep doing, I guess as you go back to this structure of power platform and looked, what can I tweak? But you've got different relationships between the different blocks of the workflow. Yes, and uh, with the problem we had, there was a structure that I created Okay. And I was keeping stuck in that structure. So ah, is the structure the sense. correct one? Yeah, I get it. And that's why I decided to throw it away. Because I thought at that moment in time it wasn't the correct structure. 
It's a bit like those silly games you get, you know, like the things where you have these balls and you have to try and put them into a pattern, okay? Uh, and, and if people know the car parking one, you kind of, where you have to get the car out of the car park. But yeah, you're kind of given this shape and you've got these patterns, zips to put into. And if you start it wrong, you're never going to get there. It's a little bit like tetr playing Tetris. Tetris, yes, I guess it is, a little bit like that. So you've kind of got to understand the basics. And if the basics are not giving you what you need, you go back to basics. Yes, <coughs> indeed. And then you just need to check, um, do we keep with basics we had or do we go in a total different direction? And in this case, your basics were the structure you'd put together in, in your mind when we did the initial refinement about what you needed to do. Yeah. Because this particular job was uh, an interesting piece of work because we everything stacked up. Yes, they've got the API call capability. Yes, we can talk to SAP from SharePoint. Yes, we've got the connector in there. So all of that, that was in plain your mind. Then you needed to go away and make sure you can make the right API calls, get the right data back, and that test we worked. And I guess at that point you start to build that structure. Yes. But the only thing, you your scope at that point is just first iteration, get the data in. So you then carried on building on that structure. Yes, um, then we built the other requirement from the customers. So the first requirement was getting the data out of SAP. We managed doing that. The other requirement was saving the data into SharePoint. That's the second step we did. We managed as well. Built on the first structure. Built on the first ah, one. Okay, good. And then the, the other one was the update process. And we built that on the first two steps, and there we failed. Be well, there it was not working the way you expected it to do. Yeah, it takes too long. Yeah, so... Uh, and we failed also a little bit, because it was updating my data more than once in my SharePoint list. Ah, so that was a clue. Yeah. So we tried to talk about the things that identify the decision point where you throw it all away and start again. Yes, um, for me as a developer perspective, it was the tweaking didn't work anymore. The tweaking, is that a technical term? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the word tweaking. <laughs> tweaking, it's a good word, tweaking. Isn't that supposed to be some kind of erotic dance that people were having on TikTok? No, it's twerking. <laughs> is that twerking? That's, yeah. That's twerking. It's something That's else. It. That's something else. Okay, I get that. So so we don't have developers twerking the code. We uh, so it's tweaking. But yeah, I know, I know what tweaking is. It's a brilliant English word, so I, I do understand that. Yeah, so you're basically changing little bits. Yes. But you're, there's a dependency then on those little bits that you're changing, and you've got to start thinking about a little bit like those silly shapes things again. You've got to start to take them out, change it around, put it in like a yes. jigsaw. Yes. Um, that was one of the things for me that did, because it didn't work. I keep, keep having the same result. It was just taking too long. We had a problem was taking too long. So the test was, well, actually, we don't know. Cause that, did, we, did we ever run it to the end? Uh, we did once. Okay. Oh, no, we didn't quite. We did 55,000 or something, and we'd stopped it a few thousand short, but it had been running for nearly whatever. Um, I thought it was running for three days. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, another decision for me to throw it away was um, the changes. I've lost track of changes. I didn't know uh, anymore what I have already yeah. tried and whatnot. And I was like, all right, I can try to s write them down and to keep track on them or just try to rethink the entire process. 
Okay. And this low-code approach, this structure approach, does that help the old sort of working out what I've done and what not done, or does it add confusion because you go into the structure, change a bit in this part of the structure, and change a bit in the other one? It's for me, it's adding conf it added some confusion because when you do something in code, you can put in code just in comments. Gotcha. And then you know what you have changed, but in here you don't see it anymore. Yeah, I guess because so the idea is it's trying to simplify the overall approach. Yes, so that was a little bit of the confusion. Um, but we managed that out, so we no, did okay. the changes. And we always manage these things, don't you? You work yeah. out what you need to do, so that's fine. So uh, we had a couple of things then. So tweaking, when I think I've done enough tweaking. You can tweaking, yeah, that's good. Um, and, of course, changing and unsure, un unsure of what change effect has on something else, of course. Yes. Because very often, again, those silly blooming games... You think there you've done one part, but if you haven't got that part right, you, you're just compounding the problem, moving on. Yes. And I do think in developer perspective, there is one more thing, uh, one more item that you need to keep in mind when you need to throw away code. When a developer lost the track of the scope, he doesn't know what the scope is anymore and he just tried to do something. Well, he knows what the scope is, but his code is not delivering to the yeah. scope. So I guess there's a constant testing and just making sure you know what the goal is. Yeah. That's also, uh, in the previous podcast, we had a little bit of the developer lifecycle. Yeah. That's why the developer also do the first tests. So yes. you need to test your code to see if it's working, yes or no. And when you have and when you see in the test they don't deliver what they need to deliver, you can stop the code and redo them, or you can see how long it takes if it is depending on time. But that first develop uh, that first developer testing is very important in doing this. Okay, so to go back to how you were working with this code and and deciding to to restart it, it must be incredibly frustrating. So you go. I fixed the 5,000 item limit, so I'm all good now. So I'm just going to run it now and see what happens. And then it takes its time and slow. You kind of hope it'll resolve the problems. You stop it. You make sure you everything is still, and then you redo it again. So there's a level of frustration each time until you get to the point and go, crap, I have another problem to deal with now. Yes, it is. Um and it's frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, but that's also... You can have it with other items as well. It's a challenge though, isn't it? That's what keeps you ticking over. Yeah. That's the developer challenge. You can have it in every single step. The developer challenge. Okay. All right, good. So you made the call. I'm going to start this again from scratch. So did you throw the whole structure away? Yes. I actually went back to just open my notepads and design the workflow, another workflow, just on paper, without oh, okay. doing anything first in the Power Platform. I just say, all right, I first need to do this, then this, then this, and build all of the st little steps on paper in there before going to the Power Platform. So you went back in the des the, 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 the designer work uh, life cycle, sorry, the words went straight out my head then, um, and basically went to the refinement stage again to say, look, I, well, I know what the scope is and that's fine, and literally brainstormed it, in this case, drew up the logical flow of content. Yes. 
So before I threw it actually away, I compared what I designed there and what I was having. And it was completely different. So I just throw it away, start from scratch. And that's what I did. That's cool. Actually, it's very, very cool. So what you basically had the first stage and the second stage, because that's what you'd had in your first drawings, and then you'd added the third stage. I even changed those two stages. Um, no, I know you did. That's what I was trying to get to. So, But then that was the first time you got to see it in the bigger picture, the whole thing, and realized that, hey, this is building. I'm building a monster here because I can, I don't know, make calls for my stage three without thinking about one or two. Mm -hmm. So you were able to move across. So is the lesson here then that you, when you do the first iteration, so I, in this case, I can get the code, the API works. Second stage, I can copy it into the, to the appropriate list and I, I can get the data and I can uh, go to the end, the second stage done. And then the third stage, which we failed at, which is where you were trying to do the updates and changes. Is it that we need to change the design lifecycle that says, actually, there's a multiple number of loops here. So after I've done the first test, first iteration, when I approach the second one, I just throw it all away and I just rebuild from scratch. Well, and then that's you get actually to the a very good question. And then you get to the third one, and instead of thinking about one and two, you go, okay, I'm just going to start the design from scratch. So you do mini design iterations, ignoring what you'd previously done. That would have saved you a lot of frustration. I think it does, but I never thought about it like so that. This is where you say, Steve, that's brilliant. <laughs> You know, you see it from yourself, so I no, don't no, no. This is a look at that. You're a hard woman. <laughs> You're a hard woman. I know. It just struck me that. Um, but what if you have a workflow or something else that is divided in four or five different workflows? Mm -hmm. You cannot throw them away every single time. No, but I guess you would. Again, just purely from a non-technical perspective, thinking about the flow of content. You would know it's a bit like having multiple flows, isn't it? All right. So I need to, I need to approve this document. So you approve a document, flow completed. I need to now have the document signed. So you start a second flow that then does the signing. Um, and then I guess if the third one is that I need this document approved and signed by the same person, you would make a decision whether you actually build one flow to actually do the approval and signature or whether you kind of just push one flow into another. So each of those sections, I'm guessing there must be an endpoint and a trigger point to start the next one. So I guess it depends. If you've got five of those to do, yes. it really is a big redesign, isn't it? It is. But it's actually a quite good way of thinking. So if you do it by the small steps and you go to, to have a OneNote or what else or a whiteboard and you just put in the design there every single time again, then you have the completely view of how it would look like. Okay. And that was what I was missing in the first time. So it was actually a quite good idea of you to do it like There that. you go. That's what Moraine would call <laughs> a golden nugget. <laughs> 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 All right. No, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. But of course, the thing is, it's, it's the same with anything. If you're in the middle of something at the time, you don't see the bigger picture, do you? And what you did was yeah. you stepped back. Yeah, and that's sometimes just needed to take a step back, to rethink over all of the things you have done, what you can do, and that delivers most of the time the best results. 
It did this time. It did. So far. Yes. <laughs> but what this also highlighted in our particular case, because we t mentioned earlier about the idea that there is a update table um, that we can potentially look to use, but we couldn't get access into it and everything else. And that was also because of timing, because it's such a big table. It's got all the updates from the last 55 years or whatever. Might be a slight exaggeration. It has the updates from the last 100 yeah. days. Yeah. So um, effectively stepping back and re-looking at it also dealt with a few other issues. That uh, So it's not finished yet because there's some more tweaking to do. Yes, there is some more tweaking to do, but the basic is right now. Mm. And the tweaking is now just uh, which column needs to be updated, which not. So those are the small things to change, but um, the basic is there. Okay, cool. So in this particular case, there was real value in taking a different approach, uh, rolling it over, throw the tweaking away to um, basically rethink it, get the old surface pen out and whiteboard and, and away you go. And was there a ha-ha moment? No, not really. There was a moment from yes. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> the moment there was. <laughs> yeah, it was very rewarding. Was there was there a moment where you went, what a bloody idiot. Why didn't I do that to start off with? Yes. Uh, yeah, good. Of course. That's the learning process, though, isn't it? It's the learning process. Hashtag you, screwed up. Now yeah. let's move on and, and based on what we've learned, move forward. And there was also a moment that you just want to throw away your computer because you are <laughs> sick of it. <laughs> Time for a new one. Yeah. Uh, no, I get that. No, this is cool. This is quite interesting. So if we if we was um, thinking about our design life cycle, we need to think about refinement of the solution, but we also perhaps need to think about re-refinement. So when you do an iteration of code, that's fine. But when you do a second iteration of code that maybe is the next stage or the next solution, is to actually go stop. Can we be efficient by combining those two together into one structure so that when we build the next one, I'm, I'm down? So I guess a golden rule you've learned here is, you know, don't have too many, uh, make sure you review the structure that your low yeah. code is dropped into. Yeah, that's something we definitely learned from it. Yeah, and we'll put that, I think, into this uh, design life cycle. Uh, it's all part of the testing process, of course. And I think you're right. I think, as an agile perspective, your team would say, hey, we're getting to the end of the sprint and this is not working. And so there's an, an inherent trigger point where you go, guys, we are not going to be able to kick this into the to this sprint. So either we it's legitimately much more difficult than we thought, or we take the process of rethinking this through, even if it so the next sprint we can redo it so that's a team but on your own it it is a personal it's a personal decision and you you need to be ready to throw things away it's not easy to throw your work away what you have done because yeah. you spend a lot of time on it yeah and you can't charge the customer for stuff that you've thrown away necessarily yes but um yeah you really need to think about it and you really need to consider is this where you want to go and before you do throw it away, make sure you have another way to go and have another view on it. Neat. I like. I like it. I mean, when we talked about this, we thought it'd be a great subject for people. Hopefully people have learned from it. I mean, they're probably all sitting there going, well, of course you throw it away and start again. But, you know, it's not always easy. And we, no, but as human isn't. beings, in you know, in IT, we tend to have egos. Um, 
you know, some people bigger than others, software development <laughs> egos are huge. Um, <laughs> and of course, um, also telling your customer that you've just thrown away the work you have done because you don't see a solution anymore, it's not easy. No, but it, hopefully you're open and honest enough with your customers and the agile process is about being honest and, yeah. and open. So maybe that's something that can be done. But uh, but you are right, you know, at some point you have to sit there and not just say, no, I fixed this, no problem at all. You kind of need to be say, look, this was a pain in the butt. Uh, but yes. And I, I used a different, completely different approach and that got us to this point. So we're better off now, ready to move forward with a stronger platform. Good, good, good. Well, I thought that was great. It's a very short yes. podcast this, this time, this episode, nothing too major, but I think a great learning point. It is. It was a great learning point for myself. Mm. Um, and also making people aware that there was nothing wrong with doing things like throwing it away and starting again. It's nothing wrong with it. No, Just it's if too long a title there, throwing it away and starting again. We would have to come up with something of a similar ilk. If you are stuck in something like this, you can start asking other developers to get involved. They have another way of viewing things, mm. but you just can rethink it first yourself. No, I think that's a very valid point. It's always worth getting a second set of eyes on something to yeah. just clarify where you're at. So that's good. All righty, good. Well, um, yeah, Steve, Dol Steve Dolby, who has no idea any of this code's talking about, but as you can hear... <laughs> There's uh, a real value in bringing that kind of just logical flow approach to the solid, you know, development life cycle of code. There is. And you do know the value of this because you were one of my discussion points. So yeah, I was, was yes. I was telling you, I'm going to do this, 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 this. And you just sit there and listen and was, oh, no, that's not right. I need to do this. So. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's good. It's all part of the fun. It's part of the sort of collaboration and, and aiming for the scope, of course, that sort of end result. So, again, if you want to hear us uh, talking about business and developing in one space, we're going to be at Collab Days Bremen, uh, yes. where we're going to be literally talking about, a, a, it might even be the same example, but a similar example of how we took that business approach, integrated it into the design life cycle um, of uh, coding and cutting it uh, and how we then actually delivered the final solution. So, yes, that's at Colab Days Bremen, so maybe we'll see you there. Yes. And if you, they have any questions about this, they can just ask us there. How can they get hold of you? Uh, follow us on socials. On the socials. socials. Actually, what uh, we did try and set up, we've set up a, a WhatsApp uh, group for the podcast so if you uh, search for Fusion Talk uh, in the WhatsApp chats, is that what they call it? I can't remember what it's called Chat now. Chat of communities. Communities. Well done in the WhatsApp communities. So yes, Fusion Talk. Join there. Leave us some messages. We will keep an eye on that. And uh, yes, uh, you know what the names are and it's in the chat anyway. So that might work out. We'll see. And if they don't want to go to WhatsApp, they can find us on X and LinkedIn as well. All over the place. All over the place. Good. All right. Well, Steve Dolby saying hi and bye and... Goodbye, everyone. Welcome to Fusion Talk. With Anouk and Steve.